You're listening to the official podcast of the Greater Mount Airy Chamber of Commerce in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I'm your host, Chamber President and CEO, Randy Collins. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's talk business. Hey, this is Mallory, the Greater Mallory Chamber Marketing Manager. Just a quick side note before we get into the podcast. This was originally recorded as a virtual seminar, so you can also watch the full episode along with the presentation on YouTube. Travis Fry, the Chamber Program and Events Director, hosted the meeting, so you'll hear from him next. This is a part of our mission, uh, for part of our goals for 2021 and part of our strategic plan. Uh, for networking is adding value to membership where members can listen to other members, hear their stories, and hopefully uh, we get those folks to network with one another and maybe uh, trade business with one another. That's the whole goal. And uh, in 2021, the chamber wants to stay as relevant as possible, even if we're in a digital world. Our goal is to stay relevant with you, the business community. So one of those things is our seminars, our seminars, our virtual seminars. And this gives an opportunity for a company to talk uh, about things that they do within their industry. And uh, today we've got some great folks, Ben and Brian Royster from Royster and Royster. Um, I've worked with these guys several times. I've never met them in person, which shame on me. I need to come down there and see them. I know they're very busy and we've all got things to do. But if you're looking for, you know, things that they cover, they cover personal injury, workers' compensation, civil litigation, criminal defense, and real estate. And what is really incredible is they've been a family business, serving individuals and families in the businesses in Stokes County, Surrey County, with high-quality legal representation since 1979. That is very impressive. And uh, they, they obviously know what they're doing to be around that long in and around Surrey County. So I'm not gonna waste a lot of time. I do wanna tell you that uh, we do have more of these events planned. We have virtual seminars once a month, and then our virtual mixers happen every single Thursday, starting at 10 and going until 11 o'clock. Our mission is to advance and promote and encourage successful business growth for you. And that's what we're doing today, and we hope that it'll be a benefit to you guys. Um, as, as we recognize some of our business advocates in the region. With that said, I'm going to turn it over to Ben and Brian Royster. Thank you. Thanks, Travis. Um, just to introduce ourselves, I am Brian, and Ben is in the sweater this morning. Uh, as, as Travis said, we've been around since 1979. That was actually before I was born. Uh, so our, our dad and uncle, they started the business and now it's myself, Ben, Ben's got a twin brother, Mark, and we're the three that manage the law firm along with another attorney that we have in the office, Denise Perdue. And what we're going to talk about today um, is just a common thing that, that everybody um, either has experienced or knows someone who has experienced this, and that's getting involved in a motor vehicle accident. And this is just gonna tie into one of the areas of practice that we do, which is personal injury. And we're gonna, at the end, we'll kind of go over some general information as far, and, and also discuss some other types of law that, that we practice. And if anyone has any questions at any point in time, absolutely feel free to uh, interrupt us or <laughs> however, however you want to do it. 
So just to get started, um, the, the types of cases that we're going to talk about today are any cases um, where liability insurance applies. And that's going to be if, if you're out driving in your car and um, someone, you, you get involved in an accident, say, and it's someone else's fault, that's going to be a situation where liability insurance applies. And what liability insurance is, it's insurance that, that any individual who is driving a vehicle in North Carolina is required to have in effect uh, minimum limits that someone is required in North Carolina can be $30,000 per person and $60,000 per accident. What that means is if someone hits you and you don't have any insurance of your own and they have insurance, then you're going to be you're going to be stuck with whatever limits that they have. So as we go on, we're going to talk about um, just some suggestions that we have as far as what type of insurance you should carry and just kind of the different types of insurance. But the, the types of cases where liability insurance is going to apply are going to be cases like a car accident, a trucking accident, or a motorcycle accident. And then the less common ones are going to be pedestrian accidents. If you're walking along the, uh, going through a crosswalk and someone runs a red light and hits you. Um, if you're riding a bicycle down the road and um, another vehicle hits you. Those are situations in which you're entitled to, potentially entitled to a recovery because it is someone else's fault. It is not, it is not necessary for you to be operating a motor vehicle for um, this type of insurance to apply. It just simply needs to involve a motor vehicle where it is someone else's fault. And so at the, <clears throat> these are some recommendations if you are in an accident. Uh, at the scene of the accident, what we would suggest you do, and, and frankly, this is whether you are at fault or not at fault. Uh, the first thing that you need to do is certainly call 911 uh, or the police. If you do not do that, uh, complications will arise later. Uh, most of the insurance companies, when they investigate uh, these cases, the first thing they're going to do is look at, uh, look at the police report uh, to determine who was at fault or determine who the witnesses were in the case. If you do not call 911 uh, or get a police report, and then instead you try to report it to your insurance company a few days later, you will face significant, uh, typically face significant resistance uh, when they're looking at whether or not this accident should be covered. And again, that's whether you're at fault or not at fault, you need to call your, uh, to need to make sure that the police come and do a report. Don't feel the need to talk to the other driver. Uh, certainly you can check to see if they're okay, but you don't need to have a discussion on the side of the road about who is at fault or not at fault. You can talk to the police officer when they arrive, uh, or you can talk to your insurance company uh, when you call them to set up, a, set up a potential claim. Cooperate with law enforcement, EMS, or other emergency. Uh, if this is a case that ends up going to court, in other words, if you have a trial in the case, one of the witnesses that you're going to have would be the police officer and that police officer is going to have to testify before uh, a jury or a judge and let them know what happened uh, and you certainly don't want to be framed in the light of well they didn't talk to me they didn't cooperate with me and they didn't uh, tell me any of the uh, issues that they were having at the time and it also goes with ems and other emergency folks that uh, that, that arrive they write reports 
And those reports typically cover the conversation they have with you and the observations they make at the time of the accident. And so you need to make sure, one, that you are uh, being cooperative, but two, you're following their advice uh, or, uh, at, the, at the time of the accident. If necessary, go to the hospital or seek medical treatment. Um, it's not the time to be uh, macho. A lot of folks, and you know, and I can tell you from personal experience, I was in an accident, decided I did not want to go to the hospital uh, and seek treatment. And certainly, uh, I had some issues down the road and that impacted my, uh, my recovery in my case as well. But you need to go get checked out, not just for your insurance case. You need to go get checked out because you wanna make sure that you don't have any significant injuries uh, in the case. Um, and some of these injuries don't show up until later, um, but you need to make sure that you are evaluated by a medical professional, uh, not just a police officer, not just a family member, and certainly not your lawyer. You need to talk to a medical professional to evaluate whether or not you have any uh, medical issues. And certainly if they are emergent, they need to be treated immediately. Then you also need to take pictures uh, of yourself, your vehicle, um, and your vehicle at the scene of the accident. Vehicles get moved quickly. Uh, one of the things that you're gonna be asked about by your insurance company is, uh, is certainly what happened. Uh, they're gonna wanna know your injuries. Uh, they're gonna wanna know what the car looked like. And I can tell you from experience that uh, if you don't have pictures of your car, if you don't have pictures of yourself, then these are things that are difficult to turn around later and argue uh, to an insurance company or to a judge or a jury. Uh, people are, and, and juries rely heavily uh, these days, as most people in the community do, on picture evidence and on video evidence. Everybody has their cell phones out. Everybody knows that people have the ability uh, to gather that evidence. And so they're going to, they're going to want to see that um, uh, later down the road. So make sure you, you take those pictures of yourself uh, and your car at the time of the accident. And we understand too that it's not always possible to, to take pictures, right. but um, if you have family members, then, then you can certainly ask them to do it as well. Uh, but, but obviously if you're in a ser serious accident and, and, you know, you're transported to the hospital, we don't expect to see, see pictures. So it's, it's not a necessity, but it is something again, that will certainly help you out, um, going down the road. Now, once you, once you get to the hospital, these are just some general recommendations. Obviously, you want to cooperate with your treating physician and follow their recommended treatment. From time to time, we'll have clients that go into the hospital. Um, they have bad attitudes, and it's, it's all noted in your medical records. So when, when you're talking with, with your doctor about what happened and, and how you're feeling, um, sometimes you, you've got different emotions that are, that are obviously running high. You've been involved in, in, a, in a situation where um, you might not be feeling um, as good as you normally feel, and you might not be in the, the state of mind that, that um, you know, you're typically in. But just remember that you know, everything that you tell your doctor is going to be written down and that will be provided to the insurance company in your medical records at a later time. Obviously, you want to follow their recommended treatment. Um, that's why you're there in the first place is, is to, to, to seek their expertise on um, you know, what your diagnosis is and, and what you need to do 
moving forward. Right. The other that doesn't mean that doesn't mean blindly follow. I mean, you obviously use your common sense, but you know, if your doctor's telling you this is what you need to do uh, to recover, make sure you do that um, so that you recover one uh, and two that you uh, have been compliant when it comes time to uh, making making a case to a jury or making a case uh, to the insurance company. The other important thing, if, if you are in the hospital or if you do have to go to the hospital for any reason, is make sure the hospital is aware of your health insurance if you have it. And the reason why you want to do that is, again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, um, as far as what the minimum limits are in North Carolina, if, if you don't have insurance that covers yourself, and, and I mean that as far as automobile insurance, and you're strictly relying on the insurance of another individual who hits you, you may be limited to $30,000 in the accident. If you end up having to go to Baptist Hospital and they have to run x-rays, they have to run CAT scans, they have to keep you there for a day, then in that one single day, you're probably gonna have a hospital bill that is in excess of $30,000. What the hospitals don't like to do is file it on your insurance. And the reason they don't like to file it on your insurance is because they're going to get less compensation from you uh, as opposed to what they're, they're going to get from the liability insurance company. So, uh, and they're required by law to file it on your health insurance. If you have it, then, then they are required to file it on your health insurance. But a lot of times it takes some, some haggling with them before they ultimately will file it on your health insurance. But just understand that, that in the end, um, you're, if, if it's not your fault and you do receive any kind of, of medical attention or treatment, then you're going to be required to pay that back. And if, if the hospital bill is $30,000 and you only have a $30,000 recovery, you can run into it, some issues where potentially you could be in a, involved in an accident that's not your fault where you ultimately end up owing money. So uh, the, the safe thing always is to, is to tell the hospital you have health insurance and want it filed on that. After you finish with, with your appointment or, or with your treatment, um, make sure that you ask your doctor about any recommended follow-up treatments. And that's gonna either be with, with the, the doctor that you, you saw at the hospital or basically recommend you to follow up the primary care provider. And it's always important to do that because as Ben stated earlier, when you're involved in an accident, injuries don't always necessarily surface right away. So you may feel okay the day that you leave the hospital, but a couple of days later, um, and everybody knows this as you get older, you start to feel more aches and pains, especially, you know, in, in the colder weather or whatever type of year it is or whatever type of the part of the year it is. Um, it, things start to, to linger. So just make sure that you keep close attention to, um, the recommendations of your doctor and if they recommend you to follow up with somebody then then that's that's what you should should be doing all right so when you get home uh, and hopefully you know in most of these cases people don't spend a lot of time in the hospital most of the times they get checked out at the ER um, and then they go home um, but when you get home whether you are at fault or whether the other person is at fault one of the things you need to make sure you do is notify your own insurance company that you were involved in an accident. And that's to protect you because whether you're at fault or whether you're not at fault, um, there's going to be some money obligations and you pay for insurance so that that insurance policy can be 
uh, used. Now, a lot of these insurance, or most insurance policies have a uh, clause in there that requires you to reasonably notify them um, or to notify them within a reasonable amount of time that you were involved in an accident. If you do not do so, then you could be denied coverage under your own policy. Uh, the other thing they're going to do uh, is they're going to start their own investigation. So they're going to try to determine on their own who was at fault in this case uh, so that they can go ahead and make a decision uh, about liability. The other thing you want to do is get a copy of your own insurance policy. You need to be familiar with what your coverages uh, are. You need to know, am I covered uh, or, or what is my under insurance policy or what is my liability or my collision uh, policy? Um, you need to be familiar with what your coverages are uh, at the time of the accident so that you know uh, moving forward what you need to be doing. Take any pictures of any injuries and write down notes. Some of these cases, you're not going to be, uh, you, you may never testify, but if you have to testify in a deposition or you have to testify um, two years later in front of a judge or a jury, you may not remember exactly how you were feeling um, or exactly what happened or what you recall that was most important about the accident at the time it occurred. So it's important to make sure that you keep your own record because you may be asked about that you know, months or years down the road. Um, and then keep track of missed time at work is one of the things that you can recover for in these cases uh, or lost wages. So if you're out of work for a period of time, um, you're going you're gonna to want to make sure that you can present documented evidence uh, to the insurance company um, to recover for, that, for those lost wages. And then finally, contact an attorney. I would tell you to contact an attorney anytime you've been involved in an accident. Almost every attorney that does any types of personal injury work is going to give you a free consultation uh, with respect to the case. It doesn't mean by contacting an attorney that you're hiring an attorney. It doesn't mean that you're paying an attorney, but they're gonna give you simple advice typically in that consultation that will allow you to make some smart decisions about how you need to move forward um, with, a, with a liability or a bodily injury um, claim. And I would tell you, um, if you're the at-fault at fault party, uh, with respect to the accident, your insurance company will hire an attorney for you. Uh, so if, you, if you're the person at fault, you don't need to necessarily go out and hire an attorney to seek advice. Contact your insurance company if they feel the need or feel like you're going to need representation as part of your, your policy and as part of your coverage, part of your coverage, they're going to hire an attorney to represent you in any sort of claim. And this, and this is just going to kind of continue on for the, the months following your accident. Again, you just want to continue following the advice of your, of your medical providers. They're going to obviously tell you if, if you need to continue treatment or if you need to go and treat with a specialist somewhere. Listen to what they say. And, you know, this is, this is again, somebody that you trust and or you should be trusting. And you want to just listen to what they have to tell you and listen to uh, or just follow their medical advice. 
If you're hurting, make sure you call your doctor. The next one is, is going to say, don't ask your attorney for medical advice. Don't call your attorney either if you're hurting. Um, we are not medical professionals, and we do not ever give advice to clients as to how they should um, go forward with their treatment. We leave that entirely in their doctor's hands, and that is, that is the best advice I can give you is, is call your doctor, not your lawyer. The next thing is if it's not in your medical records, the insurance company is gonna assume that it didn't happen. A lot of things that, that are, are certain things this is gonna to apply to, say for instance, any type of, of um, mental disorder. So if somebody is in an accident, they suffer, they're suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, um, they can tell us all day long that, that they're having these issues. They're having nightmares, they're having anxiety from the accident. Um, they're, they're having all these different feelings from the accident. But if it's not documented in your medical records, it's no different than me telling the doctor that, that you know, you suffered a broken arm when I don't have medical evidence to back it up. So um, it's, it's really important that, that Anytime that you have something that, that you want to speak with your doctor about, you make sure they get it in writing. Continue taking pictures and writing down notes. We can't stress enough um, how important pictures are. And the, the purpose of continuing to take pictures throughout the, the um, time that you're involved in an accident is, is to see your progression. We wanna see you know, where you were from the beginning and, and how you're doing now. And it just kind of keeps a good, um, it, it, it will it will allow us to just sort of see how your how your healing has evolved, and ultimately at the end, if if you you know if you don't get back to the way that you were before the accident, then you potentially may have scarring, um, or you know you may have other uh, issues that that weren't necessarily there prior to the accident. So it's it's all stuff that can be very impactful on your case. And it's, and it's much easier to make an argument with the picture versus, um, you, you know, just simply telling them or relying on the medical, medical records. And finally, the most important thing is focus on getting better. When you hire an attorney in a case, what that does is it prevents the insurance company from speaking to you at that point. So at that point, all their conversations have to go through the attorney and they're by law, they're not allowed to have any further conversation with you. And the, the good thing about that is it, is it allows you to just simply focus on getting better. And that's, that's what's most important. We want to see every client hopefully get back to where they were um, prior to the accident. Now, it certainly doesn't happen in every case, but it, in, in most cases, the majority of clients will get back to, to where they were prior to the accident. Um, and, and the other thing is it just allows us at the end when, when you are finished with your treatment to make a determination of whether or not you have any type of permanent injuries. So if you don't get back to where you were before the accident, then it's possible you may have permanent injuries. And again, that's gonna factor in to the overall value of your case and it, and it can become a really important factor um, in the value. All right, so once you have finished treatment, certainly you need to communicate uh, with your attorney if you have one. Um, or if you, if you don't uh, have one, uh, you want to wait till you have finished treatment as well. You do not want to settle your case too soon. Uh, and the reason that is, is because once that case is settled, or once they issue you a check, and they will only issue you the check once the case is uh, closed. Um, but once the case is settled, if there's an issue that arises later, 
you're not going to be able to go back um, and recover uh, for any of those damages. So in other words, if you, the insurance company may call you a week after the accident and say, look, we're gonna offer you uh, this amount of money uh, and then we're gonna pay your medical bills up until this, you know, two months after the accident. Well, if you accept that offer and you sign a release, uh, but you haven't finished treating in two months or you have to have a surgery following that, you're not going to be able to go back to that insurance company and say, hey, I'm still having issues. Uh, I want you to pay for this because this accident was not my fault. They're gonna tell you this case is over, this claim is closed, and if you go talk to an attorney after the fact, they're gonna tell you the same thing. You're not gonna be able to go to court and argue that you should recover because you're gonna be barred because you have agreed and signed a release in the case. The other thing is be realistic about your expectations. Not every case, in fact, almost every case, is not worth a uh, million dollars. You've heard all the uh, urban legends and all the uh, uh, talk over the years about how much you should get if you were in an auto accident. I would tell you to ignore every single uh, bit of that. Um, cases are evaluated based on the serious uh, or the seriousness of your injuries, whether you have lost wages, uh, mental and physical um, uh, health, um, as far as your damages go there. They're also evaluated based on where you live and based on what you can expect a jury, uh, how a jury would evaluate your case if presented to them. Um, so a jury may, while you, and, and, and this is frequent, if you've been in an accident and it's not your fault, you're gonna be upset and you're gonna think the case typically is worth uh, more than what the insurance company is going to offer you but understand that your attorney and the insurance company are gonna evaluate the case based on what they would anticipate a jury, and if you're in Surrey County, what they would anticipate a jury in Surrey County and returning a verdict, uh, a verdict for. And, and Surrey County traditionally does not return substantial verdicts. Uh, and so you need to get that advice uh, from your attorneys, not, not your friends. Your friends are often gonna think your case is worth a lot more, but you've got to know what can actually be presented in court uh, and what is actually part of that personal injury claim or that bodily injury uh, claim. Not everything that upsets you or uh, you feel like is a result of this accident is, is something that can legally be considered. Uh, so you have to be, you have to be realistic about your expectations, but your main expectation should be that if you're in an accident, um, your medical bills uh, and your and, and some damages with respect to pain and suffering and lost wages should be paid for by the other party um, and you should be taken care of by them but it is there's certainly a lot of things that go in uh, to that to make sure that um, they're paying what they should pay uh, and that you're not overpaying medical bills when you are actually covered by your own uh, health insurance and then be patient um, these cases take some time to resolve particularly if you were seriously injured um, and have serious health complications because attorneys don't want to resolve these before you have finished treating or before they have a good idea of what your actual damages are going to be because when we make that argument to the insurance company or when we make that argument over in court, we want to be able to tell them 
to a pretty substantial degree of certainty that the, this, um, these are the long-term implications for you because you were involved uh, in this accident. Um, so if they can take some time, I would just tell you to be as patient as possible um, with respect to, to getting the case resolved. And that's going to lead right into just some general information we have about personal injury cases. The, the statute of limitations in North Carolina is going to be three years on either uh, a property damage claim or a personal or a liability damage claim. And, and what that means is that you have three years from the date of the accident in order to get your case resolved or to file a lawsuit. If you don't file it within that time period or don't get it resolved in that time period, then you potentially are going to be barred from recovering anything. So it's important to make sure that, that you're aware of, of that time frame, um, or else you, you may be out of luck altogether. And we see it frequently where, um, you know, people, they, they treat for a while and they simply don't know a lot about what's going on. They haven't spoken to an attorney and they, they don't realize that, that there is a time limit on when they can resolve their case. And they'll call us, uh, you know, three and a half years after their accident. And we simply have to tell them, you know, you, you missed, you missed your opportunity to get the case resolved. And the, when, whenever we're handling a case, we always try to be very careful with the statute of limitations, meaning that, that, Typically, when it gets about six months away from the statute of limitations, we'll go ahead and talk with our client about preparing the lawsuit to get it filed because we don't want to take any chances. There's a lot of different reasons why a, a case can be um, dismissed, and we want to make sure that in the event that there's some type of technical anything like that, we have to refile the case before that statute of limitations does, um, does run. Now, the next thing is that in any type of motor vehicle accident, you're always going to have two claims. You're gonna have a, li a liability claim and a property damage claim. And the property damage claim is going to simply involve your vehicle or your bicycle or any other, any other items that you might've had in that vehicle that get destroyed as a result of, of the accident. So if you have a, let's say you go out and buy a brand new iPhone, get into an accident and that, and that phone gets destroyed. You're entitled to recover for, for the purchase of that phone but you've got to have documentation and it's got to be destroyed as part of the other person's negligence. Your liability claim is going to be everything else other than the property damage. So it's going to be your pain and suffering. It's going to be your lost wages. It's going to be your, your medical bills. And these two types of claims can be settled at different times. So normally when, when someone's involved in an accident and, and their vehicle gets damaged, most people don't have a backup car unless, you know, you have a spouse or, or, you know, you have other cars, but the majority of people don't have a backup car that they can just go and start driving. So the, the purpose of getting the property damage claim settled first is so that you can get compensated and go out and possibly purchase a vehicle. Now, a lot, of, a lot of insurance companies, whether it's your own insurance company or the, the other individual's insurance company, will provide you with a rental car. So that's, that's something to, to make sure you ask about is, you know, is there a, is, can you provide me with a rental car? And if so, how long are you gonna provide me with a rental car? Because typically there's gonna be timeframes on how long they're gonna provide a rental car for you. Most of the time it's gonna be anywhere from two to four weeks. Um, and, and, you know, once that time expires, they're, they're not going to continue to pay for the car. So 
if you can if you can get that that claim settled quickly then it will be to your benefit and um, and then you can focus on the liability claim which again is is likely going to take much much longer in North Carolina we are what's considered a contributory negligent state and what that means is that if you are considered to be even one percent at fault in an accident you can be barred from recovering anything and it's the it's a very strict statute and a lot of times um, it, it prevents us from getting involved in cases because there's simply uh, it's, it's simply not worth the risk to pursue a case where you know your your client was potentially at fault cases where you're normally going to see attorneys take Cases where where there is um, some possible contributory negligence are going to be cases where there are serious serious damages, and that's because the insurance company knows that that there is a risk that if if the case goes to trial, they potentially may have to pay out a lot of money, and they're going to be much more inclined to possibly negotiate a settlement in order uh, in order to avoid paying out the full amount of money they they may be required to pay out. Go ahead, Ben, I'll let you talk about the next two. So the next two, um, 414 medical bills, 414 is just the evidence rule, but it's bills versus paid. Um, what that means in short terms is this, when the North Carolina law says that the insurance company and the jury only need to consider the medical bills that are actually paid. So you often get a bill from the hospital immediately after treatment, it is going to have the initial charges. Uh, it may be, you know, maybe $20,000, but you have health insurance. Uh, so the health insurance has a different contract rate. They pay a lesser amount to that hospital. So what is actually being paid on your behalf that has to be paid back may be $5,000 versus the 20. So when you go to court or when you present this case, you're not allowed to say my hospital bill was $20,000 when that's not something that you had to pay. What you actually had to pay was the $5,000 that was paid on behalf of the insurance. Uh, so most, many times folks will come to us and say, well, I've got hundreds of thousand dollars in medical bills, but in reality, they don't. And that is how the case has to be evaluated uh, with respect to resolving the claim. Uh, and then uh, finally, the UIM, which is underinsured, underinsured motorist coverage, UM, which is uninsured motorist coverage, and MedPay, these are things that you pay for on your own policy. And so they, and they're things that you need to look at with, uh, at your, uh, or when you're evaluating what kind of coverage you are going to have, because these are the things that protect you um, and that you can, you can help uh, prevent a situation where you owe medical bills uh, if somebody else is at fault. So for example, in North Carolina, as Brian said, the minimum amount of liability coverage that one has to carry is $30,000. So if you are injured in an accident and your bills or your damages exceed that $30,000, the most that you can recover from the other insurance company is going to be $30,000. If you choose or if you decide that you don't want to accept uh, that $30,000 policy, your other option would, to be, a would be to file a lawsuit uh, in the case. But I'll tell you that most folks, uh, that one, filing a lawsuit is difficult, it's stressful, um, 
and it's not something that many folks want to do. And two, you want to file a lawsuit when there's a prospect of recovery on the other side. So if the individual that hits you does not have any assets from which you can recover, then you can file a lawsuit, you can pursue damages above their policy, but at the end of the day, you may only come back with a piece of paper saying you have a judgment against somebody uh, that you really cannot collect on. So it doesn't do you any good with respect to putting you back in the position where you need to be. If you have under insurance coverage, uh, and we typically recommend at least a minimum of $100,000 of under insurance coverage, um, $100,000 per person, $300,000 per accident. You can talk to your insurance agent about that. But what that does is it gives you coverage over and above that other party's liability uh, policy. So if you and your family are in an accident and the damages far exceed the uh, minimum limits that the other person has, then you can then look, rather than having to file a lawsuit and collect from the other person, you can look to your own policy uh, to recover for your damages. And there's a number of different ways those policies can be used, uh, but primarily that gives you additional protection um, in the event you're in an accident. Uh, and I'll tell you, when you look, you talk to your insurance agent, but when you're talking to them, you're gonna realize there's not much difference um, in, the, in the monthly payment or the yearly payment to increase that uh, to increase that coverage. And so you want to make sure, uh, as I said, that you have that. The other thing that you have is medical payments coverage on your policy. This is uh, appropriate whether you are at fault or not at fault, but if you're injured in an accident, there's a certain amount of coverage that you will have under medical payments that can be paid out immediately to satisfy some of these bills because you're, these bills the, the hospitals, the, uh, doc, the medical providers, they're going to still pursue collecting these monies and they're going to pursue that from you. Uh, so you don't have, um, you, you don't have the luxury of waiting till the case is resolved to then go back uh, and, and try to pay those. Now we can assist with that. We, a lot of times they'll establish a lien um, and we can keep them at bay until the end of the, uh, until the case is resolved. Uh, but most of the time you're going to have them pursuing these uh, quickly and you are going to have, uh, you, you may potentially have collection agencies coming after you to recover for these bills, but it's, it's good to have that coverage um, in the event that you're in, in an accident. And for those of you saying, well, what if, you know, the other parties at fault, why should I be paying? Uh, why should my insurance company be paying? Well, your insurance company more than likely uh, is going to go back and try to recover this from the other party. They're going to try to recover what they've shelled out on behalf of that other party. But it takes you out of that equation so that you are not the one having to worry about the lost money uh, and you are protected. The other thing is it does not increase to collect on those policies, the underinsurance or uninsured, it does not increase your premium. So you're not going to see any rate increase because you chose to exercise um, that part of your policy. Um, it's, it's something you pay for every month and frankly it's what you pay for. So you're, you're getting a payout as a result of that. Um, but you know and then the other thing I would tell you on general information, Brian and I, we 
most or a lot of these cases can be resolved without getting an attorney involved. Brian and I are very blunt and candid with our clients when they come to see us. If it is a case where we can have a consultation and tell you what you need to do, we're not going to tell you. Uh, in other words, every case that comes in the door, we don't say, yeah, go ahead and sign us up and pay us for uh, uh, our services. Many of these cases can be handled without an attorney, uh, particularly those cases where you have a visit to the ER, you're fine, and you go on home. Uh, but it is still important to consult with an attorney so that you know some of the issues that are involved and they can advise you as to whether or not you should get an attorney involved or whether this is something that you can handle on your own. And then lastly, these are just some different areas that, that we handle in our law firm. Um, personal injury, again, that's going to involve what we talked about today, a motor vehicle accident where it's, it's someone else's fault. It's also going to include other things like a slip and fall case. If you're, if you're walking through Walmart and there's a puddle of, of water that someone forgot to clean up and you slip and fall and, and get injured, then you potentially may be entitled to a recovery for that. Now, those cases are a lot more difficult than, than your motor vehicle accident type cases, but um, you know we've successfully handled a, a, a number of those, and that will just kind of fall under the personal injury category. Additionally, real estate, if you're buying or selling a house, if you're refinancing um, to get a, a better rate, which a lot of people are, are doing right now, then, then we can assist you with that. In North Carolina, you're gonna be required to have an attorney at closing um, and, and we'll be happy to assist you in any way with that. Estate planning, if, if you don't have a will, a healthcare power of attorney or a durable power of attorney, those are things that, that we recommend every client to have. Um, and we can, we can assist with that in either office. Criminal defense, if you get in trouble for anything, then, then you know, certainly feel free to give us a call. That's going to also include traffic violations that are listed at the bottom, um, speeding tickets. If, if you get involved in any type of, of situation where you are criminally charged, then we can assist with that. Workers' compensation, if you're injured on the job, um, then that's another area that we handle. And then finally, business law. If you're wanting to create a business, get a business incorporated, um, or just have general business, business questions, um, contracts, things like that, then, then we can certainly assist with that. And the, the final thing I will tell you is if you have a, a legal question, um, always feel free to call us. We don't ever charge a client for calling to ask us if we handle a, a particular area of law. And the benefit of contacting an attorney, especially if they don't handle that area of law, they're going to know someone who does. And we can refer you to somebody that, that we know will, will take care of you and will, you know, provide you the necessary advice um, and competent advice so that, so that you can be, um, so that you can make an informed decision as to what you want to do. Right, so there's and, a couple questions on here. Um, and so, Joe, you said, is there any legislative movement to make North Carolina a no-fault state for auto accidents? Are you talking about with respect to contributory negligence? Um, is... Yes. Um, okay. I, I actually came from a no-fault no state, New Jersey, and had an accident in January. And uh, I was wondering if, if North Carolina was moving in that direction. 
we've been no fault for a long time. So we're not, um, and there's no legislation out there right now that's always been a, um, a big issue uh, for discussion uh, in the legal field and certainly in the insurance industry. We're one of only, I think, three states left in the country that still um, subscribes to the contributory negligence theory. Mm -hmm. Most states are comparative negligence, so if you know, one party's 30% at fault, the other party's 70% at fault, then, that, then it's worked out, but it doesn't bar somebody from recovering um, altogether because it's a pretty, I mean, that's, it's a pretty big deal if you're one per, considered 1% at fault and the other party is 99% at fault to bar someone completely from recovery uh, is, is a big deal. Um, but there isn't currently no legislation, although as I said, it's a frequent discussion in law schools and in the, in the legal community. Um, and then Brian, or I'm sorry, Travis, you asked, in a COVID-19 world, have you noticed any changes in the time it takes to file a lawsuit or how long it takes to settle a claim? So not, um, there's some complications with respect to, or in, but those things are, are sort of been overcome with how discovery is done, taking depositions, mediations, everything's transferred uh, to a virtual uh, climate. So we've been able to, to manage that. The biggest issue I would tell you would be with respect to filing lawsuits. Um, some of the statute, or there have been orders that have prevented the statute of limitations from uh, barring you uh, from recovering. In other words, they give you more time to file a lawsuit. The biggest issue is right now, and over the last seven or eight months, there have been uh, many court closures and uh, the inability to have jury trials uh, as a result of COVID. And so some of these cases that can't be resolved, if you, know, if you just can't come to an agreement with the other side, um, you're, you're just in a waiting, in a holding pattern until uh, the courts are able to safely manage uh, jury trials moving forward. So that has uh, slowed things down substantially. Uh, and the other thing, uh, another thing that I was just thinking about there with respect to uh, to lawsuits being filed, if you are the defendant in a case, in other words, if you're the at-fault party in North Carolina, that's all going to be dictated by your insurance company and their attorneys. So you may say, attorney, I want you to, or insurance company, I want you to pay this claim. I don't want to get sued. I don't want to go to court. Ultimately, though, that's not gonna. That's not gonna matter. The insurance company is going to be the one that uh, makes that decision. But when you go to court, you're still going to be required. You're going to get sued, and you're still going to be required uh, to go to court. And the jury, the jury won't know that the insurance company is the one making this argument. They're going to think that you, the at fault party, is the one that has chosen to. Uh, to allow this to go to court. Or, you know, at the same time, they're gonna think the plaintiff uh, is suing this individual as well, but it's really kind of, it's, a, it's an insurance dispute uh, is what it is. But, you know, all, all those things are, in the COVID-19 world, yes, everything is, is just changed dramatically just as we're doing this uh, virtually here. But uh, a lot of the things we do, how we meet with clients, how we, uh, uh, do depositions, how we do, um, and even to some extent, some of the pretrial stuff has been changed to, to virtual uh, and it's been put on hold 
uh, as a result of the inability to safely do things in the courthouse. Absolutely. And uh, I, I mean, there's so many subjects we could ask you guys to talk about. But I would say with anyone that has, you know, additional questions or could use your services um, to contact you directly uh, by phone or if uh, they want to contact you by email, we've listed your emails uh, in, in the group chat. I would strongly encourage you, if you have questions, don't let it wait, you know, uh, be proactive. Uh, I think that you guys would both agree and uh, just be proactive in what you do, uh, whether it's a business situation, whether it's a individual situation, um, or whether it's setting up for the future for your children or grandchildren, you've got to think ahead uh, and, and making sure all your I's are dotted and T's are crossed. Um, so I, I definitely appreciate you guys coming in and speaking with us. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Business, presented by the Greater Mount Airy Chamber of Commerce. Feel free to contact us to let us know some topics you'd like to hear. I'm your host, Randy Collins. Stay tuned for more episodes and have a great day.